Hey folks, Jeremy here. Uh, Jason's off trying to unclog RoboToilet 5000, uh, but it screamed bad touch and started fighting back, and last I saw they were rolling down the main corridor towards medbay, cussing each other out. So uh, anyway, just wanted to let you know real quick that while editing this episode, we discovered some audio issues that required a bit of emergency surgery. Uh, we were able to save the limb, but it's a little floppier than it should be. Still, it should be able to get you where you're going. Additionally, we, well, I prattled on for way too long during our Friday the 13th discussion, and so even though we didn't intend it to be, this episode is going to be a two-parter. Uh, hopefully, if it isn't out already by the time you're listening to this, uh, part two should be out in a day or two. And uh, thanks for listening. We love you. You can hang up now. Welcome to episode 13 of Stupendosaurus Rex. I am your host, Jeremy Bryan. And I'm Jason Danger. Uh, and today we're going to talk about a couple of movies. But before we get to that, uh, we have a little little bit... I have a little bit of erotica that I have to get to. Um, I meant erotica? to do this... No, not erotica. Oh. Erotica. Oh. I actually meant to get to this last episode, uh, but I didn't write it down and totally forgot. Um, so this is actually erotica from... Uh, episode 11, Joe vs. the Volcano and the Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension. And that is, uh, during the course of the Buckaroo Banzai discussion, uh, we talked about the character of John Parker. And I made the um, the declaration that the character of John Valduke and John Parker were the same actor. John Valduke being the character who falls out of the uh, pod and lands on his head and dies immediately. So I started thinking about that afterwards and went, I should probably go back and watch the movie. Yeah, Yeah. again, and check, because I don't actually know that that's the same actor. And uh, Jason was somewhat convinced that it was a different actor. So I went back and checked, and lo and behold, different actor. I don't believe that it's Keith David, who you thought it was. I'm 100% sure it's not him. Uh, But this character didn't even have a mustache. Doesn't look anything like uh, Carl Lumley, who is the guy who plays John Parker. Doesn't look like him at all. So it's, I think it was just uh, one of those situations where I wasn't at all paying attention to what was going on, and I just made an assumption and rolled with it over years and never bothered to correct that assumption. So the, the thing is, I cannot find a credit for the actor who played John Valduke. Because he died. Sure. He, he's dead. He fell on his head. Like he was, he was like, what, in the movie for three seconds, if that? Technically, I believe he's, because I actually timed this because I'm just that kind of an asshole. Technically, he was in the movie for, I believe, about 30 seconds. <laughs> wow. Yes. And 15 of those seconds, or give or take, about half, I think it's somewhere between 24 and 30 seconds that he was in the movie, and somewhere between 12 and 15 seconds, you couldn't even see his face. Um, and then right after that scene, when John Parker drops down into frame, John Parker's back is to you, so you don't get to see John Parker's face. 
and it's another like nine and a half, ten minutes before John Parker comes into the film and you actually see what he looks like. Right. So I think that time delay between the two is what kind of led me to the whole mistaken. Thing I, it was the same guy. Yeah, believing that it was the same guy. I don't even know where I got the whole idea that it was the same guy. Yeah, I I, I didn't watch it again because I just didn't think about it again after after we talked about it. But uh, I he definitely looked familiar to me though. Where, I where where the second guy didn't uh, John Parker. Uh, John Parker, Carl Lumley is the actor he who played him. He didn't look familiar to me, but the first guy looked really familiar the one playing John to me I don't know if you remember this character at all there was a character in Predator 2 called Big Willie who was like a Jamaican crime boss and he kind of looks like that guy to me but here's the thing I would have to go back and watch that movie again like this he could look nothing like him you know what watching, I mean? Watching Predator 2 again, though, too. Predator 2 is fine. The yeah. first, like, 15 minutes of the movie are awful. The first 15 minutes of Predator... I don't know. I'm not, we're not talking about Predator 2. Right? <laughs> we'll do that at a later date. <laughs> Will we? <laughs> maybe. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Um, but uh, not this year. Um, <laughs> All booked up, folks. Yeah, pretty much. Well... That, I guess it's up to you. I'm booked up for this year. I know what's coming for the rest of the episodes this year. But I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, Because I'm that asshole. I have planned way ahead already. So, um, But regardless, uh, not the same actor. So my apologies to Carl Lumley and my apologies to whoever it is who played John Valduke uh, for mistaking you two. Uh, if somebody, I've, I I did like a moderate search of the internet. I was on the internet for about an hour trying to find, like going through message boards and everything, trying to find who it was that played John Valduke so I could properly credit him. I'm and surprised I, nobody's actually. I believe he's just a stuntman. Yeah. And so I, I'm sure he's credited in the stunts somewhere, but okay. because they don't credit him as that character, I don't know which person he is. So uh, whoever you are, if you're listening to this, uh, drop us a line at stupendosaurusrex at gmail.com and I will properly credit you in a future episode. Um, Come forward, damn it. Yes. Show yourself, John Valduke. <laughs> I should definitely edit that out. Anyway, we talked about two... Or no, we didn't. We're, we're going to talk about two movies. We have talked about two movies in the past, but we're going to talk about two movies now. And the two movies that we're going to talk about are Shoot 'em Up from 2007, starring Clive Owen and... Um, that guy whose name I can never remember, who's really good. And Paul Giamatti. That's him, yes. Yeah. Um, and then um, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, starring... Corey Feldman. Corey Feldman, pretty much, I guess. Like, <laughs> I mean, he's the main star of the film. There's, some, there's like, Miguel Nunez Jr. He's actually probably the best actor in the whole movie, but we're not going to get to that yet, so it doesn't... Anyway, part five. It's good. I like it. On with the show. How uh, how was the, how the past couple of weeks treating you, Jason? Uh, I I don't know. I'm I'm just working too much. Uh, oh, I know what I did. Want to try that again without clapping? No, but somehow somehow I made it. Uh, managed to uh, uh, go see Flogging Molly. Oh, the band? Yeah. And Dropkick Murphys. Cool. Yeah. 
and had a lot of fun. I am not really a skater punk guy, so I don't know what either of those bands sound like, really. Except I, I, they sound like skater punk. Irish punk, basically. So they, there's like accordion in there. There's bagpipes at, at some point, you know, a couple songs. Uh, some Irish flute. Uh, like odd stuff you wouldn't expect to hear in uh, traditional American punk because these are more Irish punk. Um, you know, like I, I remember them from back in the day. And saw they were on tour, so had had myself a little uh, concert going experience with them, and loved it. Uh, my wife also uh, she remembered the names, but didn't really listen to them, so she didn't know any of the songs. I knew a few of the songs just because I did listen to some um, back in the day, but uh, they they were awesome. I mean. Both both bands were awesome. Uh, there was an opening act to uh, the lead singer from Stiff Little Fingers. I have no uh, idea. Also an Irish, uh, same same setup. Basically. Never even heard of him. But uh, Stiff Little Fingers, though, uh, I guess the rest of the band was sick or out or something. So it was just the lead singer, just up there with a guitar, singing some stuff, and it was it was really good too. So. So it sounds like you had a really good time in the hollow deck. Yes, the hollow deck. Yeah, on the ship. Yeah, that on we the exist on on the Russian space station. And my floating through space. Computer generated wife. Exactly. Because, but yeah, I, and managed to bump into some friends too, some computer generated friends That's, that I hadn't seen in a long time. Wow. So. I mean, I suppose you probably wouldn't since we've been on the space station the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Yep. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess that was the main the main deal. The good fun weekend. I saw that you also went to the onboard theater to watch Mandy. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was a while ago. I forgot. I mean, well, a while ago being like two weeks. But, yeah, Mandy. Yeah, we went to go see Mandy. Uh, what would you think? It was longer than it needed to be, for one thing. Did you see it yet? Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was a lot longer than it needed to be. And it was basically... <clears throat> it, it, it was all or nothing throughout the movie. Either it was dragging ass in a lot of parts, just slow and just, oh my God, when are they going to, when's something going to happen? Anything going to happen? And then everything was happening, you know, like it it was that. It was like just nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh my God, everything, everything. And then nothing, some more, like back and forth like that. And it just was longer than I think it should have been. But, uh. Nick Cage, crazy face. Nick Cage was really fucking good. Like that mm-hmm. was probably the best part of the movie. I thought just just him when he lost his shit and snorted a mountain of cocaine or whatever, and right. started going on you know a killing rampage. That was all beautiful. But I don't know. A lot of the stuff leading up to it was just kind of a little too slow. I get what they were trying to do, but they other movies have done it better. I guess I could see that. Yeah. I was, I think I was kind of the opposite. Like I, um, I like the really slow stuff leading up 
and then was less interested once all of the revenge stuff started taking place. Like at that point, I sort of, sort of checked out and was like, all right, no, this is just a... It, at that point, it was sort of what I expected it to be. Yeah. I didn't expect the slow stuff at the beginning to like kind of build up the character development. and like I was expecting something like John Wick, where it's like the dog is dead two minutes into the movie, and now we're going on revenge mm-hmm. for the rest. I was expecting something like that. And so once I got that 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 part at the beginning, which was like character building and showing how important Mandy was and all that stuff I I like really got into. And I kind of liked that Mandy's like Spectre sort of existed over the course of the entire movie. Like her, like she stopped, she didn't stop being an important character once she died, which is what usually happens and stuff like that. So all in all, it's a decent film. I don't think it was as good as everybody had said it was going to be. But uh, I, I recommend, like, it's an experience. It's definitely something that I would recommend you to go watch. But I yeah. just have a – don't go in with, like, huge expectations. Like, if you haven't seen it already, I think everybody's seen this movie now. But if you haven't seen it, don't go in with huge expectations because that's what everybody's been like. It's the greatest movie ever. And don't go in thinking it's, that. No, it's not. It's not. But it is – it's a decent film. It's, it's got really good parts to it, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, I just – I don't know. For me, for me, the character development part didn't happen enough, I guess. Or, like, I didn't feel the connection between him and Mandy, I guess, mm-hmm. for me. And I have felt that, you know. I I think I feel that too much in some movies where, you know, I really get connected to these characters and get the whole connection. It wasn't and, Sleepless in Seattle enough for you? Exactly. All right. Yeah. I mean, maybe if they cast Meg Ryan as Mandy, then it would have been better. I don't know about that. And and Tom Hanks as... Uh... Definitely no. <laughs> Definitely no, not Tom Hanks as Red. Jesus. Can you imagine that, though? No, actually, I can't. Not even a little bit. He's just the nicest guy in the world. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. That was... Oh. Yeah, no, I, I can't either. <laughs> anyway, that was our Mandy review. We don't even need to do an episode on it now. Well, crap, do you want to get into movies then? Yeah. All right. Is it mine? It's yours. It's Shoot 'em Up from 2007. 2007. Um, initially, I was drawn to the movie because of the title, Shoot 'em Up. Sounds like an awesome action flick. Uh, also, it stars Clive Owen, Paul Giamatti. Uh, there's some other people in there. Monica Bellucci. Yeah, that's not her fucking no, name. That's but not it. We're definitely going to have to No, pause. it is. Bellucci. Is it Bellucci? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Stephen McHattie. Oh, yeah. He was... Um... He, he was Hammer, Hammer Smith. No, 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 no. Oh. Um, I did, I actually, I forgot to take a note. I think I forgot to take a note about this, but I actually wanted to mention him specifically. Um, there is a show from the late nineties. I want to say, uh, it was a sci-fi show. Um, it was like a German Canadian sort of production, um, that it originally showed on a bunch of Canadian channels and then sci-fi channel picked it up down here in America and it was called Lex L E X X. I watched Lex. And yeah, it's about a living ship and it's got a bunch of quirky characters on it. In the second season, they have an episode called Laika. Um, and 
uh, Stephen McHattie is in that episode, and it's maybe one of the best episodes in the entire series. It's fantastic, and he's fantastic in it, and I've I've loved him ever since. So when I saw he was in this, I was like, oh, hey, it's him. So I might have to watch it again. You should. It's fantastic. It's been a while. Uh, basically, shoot 'em up is uh, Clive Owen plays the hero. He saves a newborn infant, uh, manages to get the mother killed somehow. I mean, these hitmen are gunning for both her and the baby anyway. So yeah, I should point out this movie starts immediately. Oh yeah, no, it jumps right <laughs> yeah. into. There's the action. no like. Yeah. There's nothing. It's just immediate action. Yeah, there's there's no warm-up. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he saves a baby. He ends up uh, finding the, uh, going and hitting up this prostitute that he knows from past visits we, we find out or assume or whatever, uh, and she's lactating, so he's trying to find a wet nurse. That's like her kink or something. Like Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's trying to find a wet nurse to feed the baby. He knows this prostitute is lactating so he brings her to the baby um and she ends up through all of this they end up kind of falling in love no they definitely did a whole falling in love yeah they they fall in love and then make plans to run away together after shit settled basically but um basically it is just what it sounds like it's a shoot 'em up movie uh, full-on uh, action, breasts, uh, I, anything you can think of for like this type of movie. Uh, that's this movie's got all of it. Yeah, the last last episode when we were uh, discussing which movies we were gonna um, uh, review on this episode. Yeah, um, I said that shoot 'em up and uh, Friday the Thirteenth Five don't have anything in common breasts not breasts specifically not breasts but i mean that that's there but both movies are really fucking sleazy oh yeah yeah um full on sleaze yeah and and shoot 'em up it's generally paul giamatti who brings the sleaze oh yeah so which which i have a hard time accepting to a point but uh overall though um overall i'd say uh Acting wise, not a lot of good acting happens in this movie. Well, my first note was like two minutes in, and this is already the dumbest movie we've ever watched on this show. Ever? Ever. All right. Um, I actually the next the next note is it's aggressively stupid. So like it it's it's I, I don't mean that as necessarily like. Uh, it's a bad film. I mean, it's yeah. a bad film, but I don't mean it like, you know, I hate this film. It's dumb. I mean, it's just a dumb film. Yeah. Like it's, and it's aggressively stupid at points. Like it's just yeah, the dumbest dialogue. That it's just straight up fun to watch though. Is, is it's main it, draw. It could be if they honestly, I mean, this isn't a long movie, but it feels too long. It feels like it just goes on for, there's some scenes in the movie that I can think of that definitely should have wound up on the cutting room floor. Um, <laughs> they kept it in just to keep the time up. I think so. Yeah. I think so. The director, which I don't know if I wrote down any notes about him. I don't remember his name. Michael Davis, I think that's his name. Um, 
he has bad ideas. Like I looked at his um, at his IMDb page. One of the movies that he did is a movie called Monster Man, which is literally about a monster man who drives a monster truck and terrorizes people on the road. Another one that he did is a, is a short. It's an animated short called Riding Shotgun, which is essentially a softcore porn that might as well be a sequel to Shoot 'em Up. Like the main character is like a nerdier version of Clive Owen. And then he's got like this sort of, I guess he's not his girlfriend. He's got a partner that's like a female partner. And most of the movie or most of the, it's only like a, like a 10 minute short. Like it's not very long, seven or eight minutes actually. Um, but most of that is them in compromising situations, like having sex in the middle of a gunfight almost is essentially what it is. And it's also aggressively stupid. So even though his lines could have been better, the best acting was done by Paul Giamatti. Uh, overall, I felt, but yeah, I mean, he's fine. This is the thing; like everybody in the movie is fine. Yeah, like, there's nobody in that's like really bad. But I mean, so at some point in time, I enjoyed this movie, like just in general. But over the past ten years, my general opinions of entertainment have changed. I think fairly significantly, and this is one of those films that did not age well, as far as. Which is My, sad because it's only been a, <laughs> it's only been a decade. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's a '90s film that's made in the early 2000s. For oh, one, yeah. Yeah. it's aping a lot off of the success of The Matrix, and the dialogue in this movie is fucking atrocious. It is some of the worst try-hard, want to seem like a badass, but really you're not a badass sort of dialogue. So like. Um, there was some, I don't remember exactly what the context, like what the full, dis, I remember the context. I don't remember what the discussion exactly was, but Paul Giamatti says something about um, this. I think this was during the showdown inside the Hammer, Hammersmith? Was that Hammerson. The, Hammerson. Inside the Hammerson um, factory uh, where... Um, Mr. Smith. Smith. That's what it was. So Smith winds up shooting one of the guys while they're in the kind of negotiation looking like the standoff sort of phase. He winds up shooting one of the guys and Paul Giamatti says something about him being a good shot. And then Clive Owen responds with, you should see me write my name in the snow. Yeah. And I'm like, seriously? Like, is that, we're going to go there. <laughs> like that's super fucking grade school. So, and the dialogue is just like that throughout the whole film. It's constantly like, even some of the sight gags are like that with the whole, like him shooting the neon sign. So it says, fuck you. Yeah. And then Paul Giamatti shooting it. So it says, fuck you too. <laughs> like, it's just like, really? <laughs> so, fuck you, you fucking fucks. It feels like it's written by somebody in high school. That's what it, the whole movie feels like from beginning to end. It could have been. Yeah, it definitely could have been. could have been. So... Uh, I I Hammerson does his whole spiel too when he's talking to to Paul Giamatti's character, uh, Mister Hertz, right? Um, and that's that part. He's like talking to him about why Americans love guns, stuff like that. And, and yes, and he says, "Now I'm hoping you're not just a pussy with a gun in your hand." Yeah. And Mister Hertz says, "Oh no, sir, no, I am not. I'm a tough guy." 
with a pussy in my hand. Yeah. And then that comes back later after uh, uh, Mr. Smith finally kills Mr. Hertz. And he calls him a pussy with a gun in his hand, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I, I took note of that. Yeah. I took note of it in a different context, though. And here's the thing. This movie presents itself as like a conservative wet dream. Because <laughs> you know, of the, all the shooting and all the... <laughs> look, all right, so look. Guns are fun toys. This is how this, this movie presents this. Guns are fun toys. It's super pro-gun. Uh, save the baby at all costs. The mother is expendable. Uh, she gets iced within the first like 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah. And it's not... Uh, it's no big deal. For all intents and purposes. In fact, Paul Giamatti makes a crack at her at her dead body as he's nice walking dance. by. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, a bulletproof vest is is a better investment than a crib. Is an actual line of dialogue in the movie. Uh, the Democratic senator has a baby hatchery and then sells out to the. I didn't realize he was Democrat. Yep, okay. he's a Democratic senator. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing: this movie tips its hand in a couple of, uh, of a couple of instances, where you realize that this is not a movie that's written by conservatives. It's written by like liberals who think they're fooling, Cap- capturing that that conservative spirit. Yes, one and the biggest one probably in the whole movie is the biometric gun lock, the whole thumbprint. On right. conservatives fought their ass off to keep that from happening. There's a law. On the books, I don't know if it's actually still on the books or not. There was a law on the books in New Jersey that as soon as those biometric gun locks became commonplace, they they would be law in New Jersey. You couldn't own a gun that didn't have one of those on it. And the NRA fought that shit to the bone. In Why fact, would you fight that? That seems like a good thing. Because it limits the number of guns that can be sold. Can because you reprogram the biometric lock? Though? Everybody, but that's the thing. Everybody has to conform to that, and if co- certain companies can't, they can't sell those guns uh, in New Jersey. That law, that law that wasn't really a law, like it wasn't a, like the technology wasn't there, but it was just in case this technology shows up, this is what the law is going to be. That law prevented biometric gun locks from coming into the country for a, quite a bit of time because as soon as it would, you would have... Uh, requirements yeah you would have um uh gun manufacturers that were beholden to a specific standard that they had to build their guns to so um another thing was spanking the mother for spanking her kid there are no conservatives that i can think of that are against spanking that's a gross generalization i know that i kind of like that scene though it is a funny scene but it's totally a liberal scene okay and the other one is a pussy can become a tough guy if he has a gun in his hand. That is 100% a liberal line of thinking. Conservative gun nuts, if you want to call them that, don't think along those lines. They don't think in this notion that I am a badass now because I have a gun. They are, I am a badass and I happen to have a gun. Uh-huh. So there are elements in this movie where it, it tips its hand and you realize that this is not a movie that is written by conservatives for conservatives it is a movie that's written by liberals that are aping a conservative mindset, regardless of whether it's to make fun of them or just because they want to sell the movie to those people. So I didn't, a, I didn't read any of that into it. I just, I just fully like 
just sat back and enjoyed the movie. So and you you could yeah. totally do that. Yeah. So. All right. Yeah. But, well, I, I I do see your points though, yeah. but I'd see it again. I might. I don't think I ever need to see this movie again. <laughs> um, I've I've actually told other people to watch it too. So I, I I don't know. There's there's just so many good scenes. I mean, killing the guy with the carrot. Uh, the whole the whole scene where they're escaping his uh, his hideout. His hideout. And he and goes, he down, goes the, down the middle of the stairwell, spinning around, yeah. shooting everyone on his way down the stairwell. I mean, that's. I think the best part of that whole scene was Paul Giamatti going, are we this bad or is he that good? Yeah. 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 That was one of the few dialogue moments that I didn't, that I didn't cringe at. I thought it, (laughs) it it was very self-aware, like uh, almost a meta statement. Yeah. It's one of those things where watching the movie, you're sitting there going, how many fucking people has he killed now? Like this is like the third wave of like 50 fucking villains that he has killed. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Yeah, overall though, I I mean, I I enjoyed it. So, and that's why I recommended it because it's it's you know it's it's one I actually do tell other people to watch. My my daughter's uh, uh, my my son in law, my son in law uh, asked uh, if there were any movies I'd recommend, and this is one of them that's up there. I'm like. Uh, well, he, I mean, he was asking specifically for shoot 'em up type movies, you know, like some action flicks, stuff like that. And I was like, here, watch this and then tell me what you think, you know. So, but I've also recommended uh, Turbo Kid to him as well. And um, Turbo Kid would be a much better choice. It's and, and, and bloody and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many good things about that one, too. So. And you should tune in to episode nine for that one. I don't know. I'm pulling that out of my ass. I don't know if it's nine. That that might have actually been episode nine. Uh, if it was, that was a pure accident. Yeah, I think. God damn, that would be pretty impressive. <laughs> it was episode nine. Tur- I'm the winner. Turbo Kid and Neon Maniacs. Wow. I'm gonna go play. Uh, I'm gonna go play the lottery now that I did that. So. You should. I mean, as long as the oh, you only required to to select one number, you should do great. <laughs> so, so I have, I mean, they feel nitpicky, but I have a couple of gripes with this movie. Scene specific gripes with this movie. So one of those is the scene after they are at the pawn shop, and they buy the bulletproof vest for the kid and some bullets and whatever else. It yeah. you know, it doesn't matter. They all leave, and um, it goes back to Paul Giamatti and his guys, and they're driving down the street, and they drive past the pawn shop, and I think they might see the car that he stole with the broken window. I don't remember if it's the same scene or not. But Paul Giamatti, it clicks in his head that chances are they have to go to the fucking pawn shop to buy ammo. and So he says, stop the car. And then several blocks later, because they have this whole conversation, several blocks later... They cut scene to go to the next scene, and the car is still moving. It has not stopped yet. And it's seriously like, feels like five blocks worth of dialogue. And that scene ends with him going, stop the car again, because he's explaining his whole rationale for why he thinks that they may have gone to where they went to. 
it's one of those scenes that drives me fucking nuts every time I watch it. I don't think I ever even noticed that scene. Now, now you're mentioning it, it, it's like sticking out. But yeah, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever noticed that scene ever. So interesting. It drives me batshit every time I see it. So I don't. Well, I mean, yeah, he's he's like the main uh, hitman, whatever leader of the hitman crew, whatever. If I say stop the car, you better fucking stop the car. Right. I shouldn't have to, number one, explain shit to you. And number two, I definitely shouldn't have to say it twice. And th- this is the thing. So, yeah. I don't remember the dialogue in the scene, but I'm pretty sure that most of the dialogue was, uh, I am Paul Giamatti and I'm a badass. Yeah. Because most of the fucking dialogue in this movie is, I am Clive Owen and I am a badass. Yeah. Uh, I am Monica Bellucci or whatever, and you are a badass. I am Paul Giamatti and I am a badass. Like most of the dialogue can just be kind of whittled down to that sort of base sort of interpretation, I guess. And I think this was just another scene of that. I did like uh, for, and, and granted, there's not a whole lot of character development in this movie. These that is people true. are who they are, who they are. As there's presented there's a little back. bit of mystery behind who Smith Smith is, and that's about the a little extent. bit of mystery. The other little bit of character development going on is Paul Giamatti and his wife and his wife. He yeah. gets phone calls from his wife every now and then, and I kind of like that. I mean, he's he's like this big bad hitman, whatever dude. And then he's getting calls from his wife and he's like, I'm on a business trip. Hi, honey. How are you doing? Like that whole, like, I it, I mean, that makes sense. It was funny. It was cute. Um, it's, it's a neat premise. Yeah. The problem that I have with it is at the end of the movie when she calls him up after he's already been shot and she calls him up and he answers the phone and then he goes, she's leaving me. <laughs> yeah. Because there's no setup for this anywhere in the film. He's just having conversations with his wife about, I will be there as soon as I can. And well, I he kept promising her. He kept promising her he's going to be there. He kept promising her. So the whole movie, he's promising it won't be much longer. I'm going to be there. And then. Right. But this whole movie only takes place over maybe a couple of days. Yeah. There's no setup that this is a long running theme going on with him and his wife. That's going to cause her to finally have had enough and just leave. What it is, is it's we're going to dump on Paul Giamatti's character as much as we possibly can at the end of the movie. Okay. Ha ha, big joke. You're dying and your wife's leaving. Yes. Okay. That is what it is. Okay. Yeah. And that's why it annoys me. I like it more now. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right. It makes me even a little bit more happy that, that he just got dumped on even more. Yeah. Okay. It just, it just, it's like, it's like one of those seasons of Saturday Night Live that just don't work. That's how this movie feels like comedically for me. It's just all of the jokes are misfires. Some of the action even feels like that too. Um, There was a point. Don't you save the carrot. I don't know if I even took any notes about the carrots, but there was a scene I don't remember exactly where it is in the movie. It was later in the movie, and it was in some sort of a factory or something, and he's shooting a bunch of guys again or something. And my thought process was, well, what's he going to do in this scene? Is he going to run and shoot? Or is he going to jump and shoot? Or is he going to slide and shoot? 
lo and behold, he does all three. Oh, goody, is the note that I took. (laughs) And the thing is, he does this in every scene. It's run and shoot, shoot while you are running. And it is jump and shoot or shoot while you are jumping or slide and shoot. Find some sort of ridiculous means by which to slide through the scene and shoot while you are sliding. And he does all three, just like he did in the first opening scene, and just like he did in with, that order. Though I don't know if it's it that order. always in that order. I don't know if it was already in that order. See, I didn't now, bother. Now to take you're going to obsess about it, and you're going to have to go back. And no, watch see, it I, I like that you're going to try and pull that shit on me, but it's not going <laughs> to fucking work because I'm less curious about that than I am about whether or not John Val Duke and John Parker were the same character <laughs> in a movie that I actually like. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> I give zero shits what order he did that crap in. He just did the same crap over and over again. In scene one, he uh, jumped first, (laughs) and then he ran later, and then he slid. And in scene two... You know what? All right, if there is an audience member out there who's listening to this and knows that, you can go ahead and tell us in the comments section on, like, YouTube, or you can send us an email at stupendosaurusrex at gmail.com and tell us the order. I am 100% all right with that. Or you can just tell us we're stupid and to shut up. So That either too. Way, either way. But just comment. Regardless, I'm not going to bother to go back to check. I just don't care enough. Um, there's that scene. We were just talking about it when he's going down the um, the rope. Um, he's holding onto the baby, the rope, and a gun. Yes. And shooting all at the same time. And I went, uh, no, that's, that's not happening. That's I, not... I've done that before. No, you haven't. Okay, I haven't. Yeah. That's one of those things is either he's not, either he's going to lose his grip on the rope, he's going to lose his grip on the baby, or he's going to lose his grip on the gun. And probably not the gun since that's the one that he's holding in his other hand. Yeah. The baby and the rope are in the same hand, and one of those things is falling. That's just... And speaking of that fucking baby... I have some problems with that fucking baby. All right. Um, one of them is that um, uh, that kid is going to have the worst case of uh, shaken baby syndrome ever. Probably deafness, too. He's probably going to go deaf from all the gunfire. That's possible. Yeah. But he does like death metal. He's a metalhead, yeah. Yeah. So. And the fucking, and the other one is the fucking robot kid is the stupidest fucking psych out oh. in maybe movie history. Like that that's one of those scenes that I was like, that scene should have just been cut completely. That whole scene doesn't need to exist. That's just there to fill up time. Yeah. That fucking robot baby is dumber than a box of rocks. I also wonder where he got a robot baby head from. Mm-hmm. Didn't even think about that until just now, but yeah. Where where do you go shopping for a action uh hooked up to a tape recorder i mean you can hook up your own tape recorder whatever a walkman and a couple speakers whatever you can do all that but to actually get a moving mouth like baby head where do, where do you find that at well it's not i mean it's not just that like he goes back for the robot baby after he drops it the first time after the car flips and it falls out of the car yeah he turns around and goes back for it yeah why it's a fucking robot baby dude it was a decoy all along yeah like it served its purpose. Get the fuck out of there. Yeah, yeah. why would you go back? Because it's a psych out for the audience. All it's right. 
a shit fucking scene is what it is. Even it though we cut just the watched movie. him put her and the baby in a fucking tank. I, or did that happen after? I don't remember if that happened after or not. I don't remember where that falls in right. the film. So. I, th- I thought that happened after. There's some other stuff in this movie, like the kind of like uh, goth culture as a joke, sort of like it kind of falls into the whole kind of uh, faux conservative mindset too, where he goes into the club and there's the club owner that he's trying to get. He wants, oh, yeah. He wants to go upstairs and look in the, the room and he winds up ripping out the dude's fucking cock piercing. Well, the, uh, the DQ... DT, whatever. The the hooker is the one that ends up ripping out the cock piercing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. DQ. All right. Yeah. Yeah, she, she grabs him by the junk. Right. And then she rips out the, the cock piercing, so. Yeah. And my, my kind of note for that is, like, if you rip out a dude's cock piercing in public, he's going to do whatever you say, not, you know, call, call the, the cops. cops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hmm. Because he was real, like, he was totally like, yeah, I'll just take you up to the apartment now, no problem. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, that's not how that works at all. Yeah. That, I I don't have a cock piercing, but if you ripped out my cock piercing, I'm not in a mood to fucking help you with anything at that point. Yeah, I feel like if, I mean, maybe if she had kept a hold of it and been, like, walked around, like, on a leash. Sure. Then maybe. But, yeah, ripping it out seems like, Yeah. Yeah, you, the, the the negotiations are done at that point. Yeah. I'm not fucking helping you with anything anymore. So and and I'm calling the cops. Yeah, and I'm going to sue your ass. This is not a movie that I would recommend. <laughs> I I did not have fun watching this movie the second time around. Or why? Well, I, I mean, I don't know how many times I've watched I was gonna say, it. You've probably seen it more than once I'm, if you I'm, own it. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen it more than once. But I, I, honestly, I don't think I've seen it in about a decade. So. And somewhere along the lines, I lost all sense of fun. So, <laughs> yeah, I just wouldn't recommend this You're movie. Looking anymore. at it through a more mature set of eyes, or a more shitty set of eyes. I don't know what to say about that. So, but I, I know you like the film. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's a horrible film. It's a film that, if you're fine going into a film and like groaning and like rolling your eyes this is fine like it's it's a fun bad movie i guess but i don't know i I don't think there's enough there that i could recommend it like i i feel i feel like he was on the same lines with like uh the last half of mandy honestly like the last half of mandy like there was ties i can yeah i mean full-on nick cage snorting a mountain of coke and then you know going on a killing rampage no like, i i, mean, I agree 100 percent. like but it had very similar i already told you how i felt about the last yeah. half of mandy yeah. too yeah. So. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and i mean bear in mind i know the kind of movies i recommend on this show yeah so you know take what i say with a grain of salt i recommend some shit movies that i fucking love <laughs> so terror vision terror vision is a fantastic movie i remember you saying that it is Trick or Treats is a shit movie. That's true. So still, still probably, probably the probably. worst you've recommended so far. So yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, <laughs> got that out of the way early. Too. But, so yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, yeah. yeah, that's shoot 'em up. All right. Um, oh my God, look at this! Some of 
Facebook, Twitter, all that social media stuff. Tell your friends, okay, bye.